Hello and welcome to the Turtle Tracks podcast with your host, Brian Van Hooker. I am audio engineer Ian Williams, and today Brian is continuing his last Ronin interview series with editor Bobby Kernow. So without further ado, let's check it out. Uh, how you been, man? What you up to now? Uh, yeah, I'm just uh, working on some scripts, uh, doing some writing, and then kind of See what the next step is. Still figuring that out. Nice. Same here, pretty much. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I guess first, can you explain what your role was at IDW, just so the uh, audience understands? Uh, I was a group editor at IDW. Um, I was editing uh, primarily Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, before that, My Little Pony, Godzilla, um, you saw you, Jimbo, a whole bunch of different things. Um, but essentially, uh, if, if someone isn't in the know, what that means is the editor is basically just a project manager, uh, someone who usually, uh, this wasn't really the case with uh, Last Ronin, but usually uh, puts the creative team together, uh, sets up the deadlines, um, just basically makes sure it's, it's going to where it needs to be in the way it needs to be. How did that differ for Last Ronin? Um, you know, I would say I was overall more of, a, of an assistant editor in what I was doing uh, in that, you know, I, I, I didn't have any control over the creative team uh, or the deadline or just these kind of things that usually go uh, with, with what an editor does. Uh, so I was basically there in a support role for, for this book, uh, helping out how I could. Cool. You know, I'm curious, um, when, do you know when the last Ronin first came on IDW's radar. I know it was like found or, or something. Like it's like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Or I don't know what that part of the story is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it'd been on Kevin's radar for years before, but I think it started being talked about uh, seriously in 2018, 2019, when, when we were coming up to uh, Turtles 100 of the ongoing uh i know there's folks were kind of talking about okay what's the next big thing after that uh and and i think kevin brought it up to some degree uh around that time period as something he'd always been wanting to come back to do you know what existed because i know it was something eastman laird had talked about uh prior to but it's not really clear at least to me like what what existed or what they talked about do we know that um, well, so what I've seen is uh, is old printouts of I, I'd say it's about an eight to twelve page outline mm. um, that you know and that and what what I saw was the actual you know printouts that had the um, you know the old spool printing where you had the, you had to tear off the sides of it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So it came. It was definitely from the late eighties. Um, oh, cool. What what I saw, uh, and I think we reprinted some of those pages in um, in the director's cut. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've seen. Uh, I, what, to what degree it was talked about back in the late eighties between Kevin and Peter, or if they had more than that, I, I couldn't say at all, but, um, I, I, I've seen the paper papers that from that same period. Oh, that's cool. You know, I'll have to, I, I didn't, I don't have the director's cut, forgive me. So I'll have to, I want to include a couple of those things in the line and yeah. with, uh, with Ben Bishop, I'm going to include some like, you know, layouts and how it kind of progressed. So that's. I'll have to make sure I get his hands on that because that's cool. Um, uh, so let me ask you, how was the team assembled? Or was that like a kind of a, was that figured out by Kevin or? 
Yeah, it was primarily Kevin. Um, at first, uh, he wanted to go with Andy Kuhn. Um, I had some concerns about that, uh, just working with Andy in the past about hitting uh, hitting, hitting the deadline. Um, that ended up not working out. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, Kevin uh, knew the twins from from some work they did on Heavy Metal magazine, which Kevin has been involved in for X amount of years. And was Tom? I mean, I'm assuming Tom was a no brainer, right? Like. Just yeah, I mean, Tom and Kevin have been talking about it since whenever that 2018-2019 time period, time period was. Oh, so cool. And Tom and was ben, always involved in the modern era, yeah. Sure. And Ben's super tight with Kevin, so I assume, like, that. yeah, that makes sense. Um, did you want to talk about Andy Kuhn at all? If not, that's okay. I just figured I'd ask about uh, the transition from one to the next. If you yeah, feel- um, you know, I love Andy. Uh, I, I Andy does great work. Um and I don't know exactly what happened in this instance. Uh, this, there wasn't the communication we needed. Uh, pages were coming in late. Um, at the beginning, it was sort of like, okay, hey, we can work with you. What What is a new reasonable timeline? Um, and we, weren't, we just weren't getting answers that matched reality. Uh, and so after a little while, that, as we got closer to uh, number one's proposed release date, it was just, it just became clear it wasn't going to happen on anything close to a timetable that the company needed. Um, and the funny, the funny result of all that being is that I don't know that the book actually ended up coming out any quicker as it, as it was, um, for a variety of different reasons. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. And I, I always felt bad about it. Um, you know, I, I, Andy's, I consider Andy a pal. Uh, he's a really super talented artist, and I would love to work with him again someday. I would love for him to be back on Turtles one day. I think it just needs to be the right situation where we can accommodate whatever it is uh, he needs to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, I love his art. And, and this is, the, the Scorza Brothers are amazing. I'm just saying, like, I, I knew Andy's artwork prior to this. And yeah. man, he's great. I, my goal is to talk to him as well, just to kind of get his little part in it. But, um, yeah, it's, he's got a lot of heart and it comes through in his in his art too. And yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's a great guy. Uh, I remember some of his like slash drawings from, from Turtles Maine. Like, oh man, great stuff. Um, let's see here. Um, you know, I, I'm curious if uh, Laird was involved at all or, or no. Not really, no. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can't speak to to back in the day, but uh, sure. in 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 this in modern years, right? Yeah, the past few years, uh, I I wasn't in contact with him. I believe he and Peter talked a little bit. Uh, he was uh, you know, aware of the project, um, but um, beyond that, I I didn't really have any communication with them. So that's more of a, a question for Kevin, I think. But I, I don't think it was very much, if at all. Cool. Uh, just curious. Um. I'm, I don't know if you can talk to like the process of how this uh, like went, like the overall of how it came together. Um, I mean, I know it starts with Kevin and then, you know, he does the layouts and it goes to them, but I don't know if there's anything to speak about how the process worked, like how Tim and uh, how, how Tom and Kevin worked together or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'm going to have a whole lot interesting to say beyond whatever they have to, but yeah, it's uh, essentially before an issue starts, um, well, there's, there's the whole basic outline. Um, and of course, the, the the nuts and bolts of that changed uh, from month to month. But uh, the, the basic roadmap was there. Uh, and before that, basically, um, you know, Tom and Kevin would talk before an issue and they talk about what they want to see in that issue. Uh, and maybe Tom would write out a very kind of loose 
page guideline, but essentially the writing team, when Kevin was doing the layouts, um, that, that would be when the story really took hold and how it was going to be uh, on the page. Uh, and so once that was done, then Tom would look at it again and do a formal uh, scripting pass, dialogue pass over it. Uh, and then Kevin would look at that um, and, and, and make some adjustments to dialogue. Uh, he was more involved in, in that side of things on this project than, than others typically. Um, and, and so while that was all happening, then you know, the twins would be working on the art and the inking and the coloring. Um, and usually, usually when the inking is done, that's when we start uh, lettering, uh, when Sean starts lettering and I do my, my proofread, uh, my copy edit read. Um, so ideally, because we were almost always fairly late uh, with this book, uh, we always wanted to kind of have it, when that last page came in, we were basically within 24 or 48 hours of being able to go to print, just make sure, okay, everything we've already done still looks good. It's good. It's good to go. Cool. Um, you know, I, I, I'd love to uh, um, talk about like, I don't know how, um, like there, there were delays in it coming out. Did you want to talk to those at all? Or if not, it's no big deal. I'm just, you know, whatever you feel comfortable with. I'm just curious if, you know, if it's part of the story. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, I don't, I don't know that the sources were, were fast, but they weren't slow either. I think uh, the sources did their job, uh, how they, they need to, um, I don't feel like Kevin is going to argue that it was primarily him that was making things late. I think he'd probably say that. So I hope he would. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm, I'm like putting it on him, but, part of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he would take his time with the layouts. Um, yep. partly it was, he wanted to get it right. And yeah. it's something he cared a whole lot about. And partly I think it was just a whole bunch of the world, you know, at the start of the book, that's when towards when COVID started and that just made delays for everything. We didn't know if we were going to be able to get printer for the books we there was a point where we didn't really know if idw was going to be around uh oh right because the, the diamond thing right the diamond the diamond thing happened during this right yeah the diamond thing i mean yeah there was like a month there where we didn't know <laughs> what was going on with comics in general uh so it was a really tricky that. time yeah um, I about that. but uh so you know that explains some of it and, and some of it is just old-fashioned creators you taking their time um you know, there, there's a little bit of everything, uh, and I'll add it up. Um, and I didn't really feel like I had any control over any, any of it, even though I was the person that the company uh, was saying, hey, why isn't this on time? And I'm just like, great question. I don't, we either, we either need to replace Kevin, which should not happen <laughs> right. for this project, or we just need to be patient and let it, let it be what it is. Um, Probably it was nice to do. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's tried, that was as much as I tried to, I tried to steer in that direction, but it was still unpleasant uh, being sure. as late as we were and the company wanting it to be earlier on time, et cetera. And, you know, and fans too, we were definitely hearing from fans and they were overall very patient, but the entire team was aware that the, that the book was not out when it should have been. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot to say about like, you know, getting it right. And I, I'd say the response has been overall, super positive and i just read the last issue uh you know a day ago and man it, it gets it right so i mean who cares how long it took you know what i mean like the, the book really it nailed it so i mean you know it, it's it's not gonna matter now you know 
good. That's good to hear. Uh, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to forget. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the editor in chief at the time, my friend uh, John Barber, he would always say like, hey, Watchmen was late. No one remembers how late Watchmen is. But I also feel like people have said that anecdote like eight times to me over the course of my career. So someone still remembers. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no. It's as long as long as the end product is is what it should be. That is, of course, obviously the the number one thing. And uh, I think it's going to be a book that people come back to for a long time uh, for now. And so that uh, having that hold up will be the important thing. Cool. Um, you know, one thing that I'm curious about, and uh, I'm guessing this was intentional, but was there any talk about which universe this belongs in? Of, yeah. Of- um. It was always intended sort of be its own thing. Um, I, I don't know that I, I'm, I'm purely speculating here. I never heard Kevin say anything like this, but uh, I would suspect it feel a little weird saying this is the end of the Mirage universe or this is Mirage universe just because, you know, I, I, I would think that Peter would need to be more involved in that. Uh, yeah. Um, and also it wasn't, I didn't, I think, I don't think we wanted to necessarily, you know, uh, paint ourselves into a corner for it being what happens in the IDW ongoing. Um, I think we kind of took the approach that it could be either. It could be any universe with just a little tweaking. We want it to feel more than anything else, just evergreen. So wherever kind of fandom you're coming to, uh, last Ronin from you, you would feel, you wouldn't feel disoriented. You'd feel like, okay, I can understand what the basic premise of this book is. I don't need to know X, Y, Z character interaction, to understand why this pays off. Um, so I think primarily more than anything, it was just to make it accessible. And if we said it was, oh, you have, it's IDW, therefore you need to read IDW beforehand or Mirage or any previous iteration, we want readers to be able to come into it, uh, you know, totally cold or maybe not having seen any Turtles media for a decade or two decades, who knows what. Uh, just making it as accessible as, po- as possible was the primary concern. In other words, it's definitely set in the next mutation verse. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure thing. Uh, I, I like. I thought it resembled a lot of different things. Like, like I, I could see some movie influence in there. It could have gone. It could have come from any of these things, and I like yeah. that about it. It really was kind of evergreen. So, um, this is probably more of a Kevin question, but I don't know if there's any like influences overall that kind of were coming up in the room. Obviously, Dark Knight Returns, but is there anything else that sort of uh, like seem to be an influence yeah i mean obviously uh dark knight's a huge uh influence i think you know we've we've seen over the past 10 years or so we've seen a few different uh old man x whatever sure. what is it you know old man logan or yeah old woman harley uh you know and so i, I think all those the ones that that you know kevin was familiar with those those seeped in but what, what was interesting about the premise is that this premise kind of predates that but it's at the same time it is like you know people have been doing this type of storyline forever um but uh you know and kevin always talks about different action movies he's watching at the time i don't remember uh exactly which ones uh he, he was consuming at the time but i know that always uh plays into how he lays out action is uh is is the movie world and uh whether they're you know kung fu movies or just kind of more straight action movies um but uh yeah i don't remember anything specifically um but i but i know kevin is always pulling from stuff that either from from back in his youth or or more recently so but the, but to 
uncover exactly what yeah that's a good question for kevin cool um uh you know the the really clever marketing uh early on of which turtle is it i'm curious uh when if you know when that came into the picture because it was such an effective way to build hype for the book so um i i think that was baked in from the start i don't there was never a version of the script that uh was was clear about it at the on page one you know Mm. um it it was always intended to be the end of page one uh reveal it was always intended to be something that got people talking um so you know whether i don't i don't think it was at least the the outline the original outline from the 80s wasn't um wasn't written in a way where that was a question uh so that could have been uh, a, a more recent, I mean, I assume it's a more recent development, um, but whether it was Kevin or Tom, um, I assume it was Kevin since it's such a big part of the story, but, um, but I'm not, I'm not positive on that. It was, it was there. It was pretty much that first script uh, was, was pretty much as you saw, at least the, at least the big beats of it uh, from, from stage one, that script more than any of the others. Uh, remained unchanged kind of from the, the first draft to the final draft. And like publicly too, to kind of tease it out, but not let anybody know was such a, I don't know, I feel like a clever move. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's fun when, uh, when, when the marketing kind of lends it makes sense and it feels organic. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think the, we did, it wasn't written that way because it's like, Oh, this will be a great marketing hook. It just, I think was determined that would be a, a good way to open the story. Um, but whenever when it does work out like that, when it doesn't feel forced, that's that's kind of the only time I can live with uh, marketing like that is when it feels organic and natural to the story, and it really did here. Which, and the reason I, I feel that way is because the audience can always tell, right? You can the audience is either either genuinely interested or not interested at all, and marketing is just trying to make up interest. Um, and I think marketing always fails when it tries to make up that interest. But this, luckily, that wasn't the case here. Um, and it definitely uh, got some people talking in, in a fun way. I think. Oh yeah, it was it was like really fun to speculate, and like I was I was sold on either it being it had to be Mikey or Leo, because like Raph is already kind of like that. Donatello is already the most resourceful, so like him, it wasn't as interesting. And I was like, Mikey's got the farthest to go, but Leo, if he's if he failed everybody, that's also interesting, right? Right. So like those are the two. I was like, okay, it's got to be one of those two. And when it was Mikey, I was like, that's awesome because it, it just it's <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see a case being made for any of them, uh, which I think it'd be kind of fun to do. Um, uh, like a, like a what if story where it's like, what if oh, yeah. Tal was the one who survived? You know, would that story would that attack on uh, Heroes Tower have been different? You know, it, it would be interesting. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure I need to be might do something like that one day. That would be um, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, it'd be fun to see. Um, uh, and it's so funny. I didn't realize it until I reread them last night in the first book, the blocks are orange when he's talking to the camera. And I was like, Why, how can I not, I didn't know it the last, I didn't figure it out. I just not, maybe just not smart enough. I didn't get it until the very last page. I was like, these are all orange blocks. And when one of the ghosts speaks, it has a red block. So like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I was. That's uh, funny. I actually don't remember that. I thought we. It's a really. I, I remember line. that being an issue at some point. I don't. I didn't. I forgot that that's the way we we, we went with it. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, let's see here. Was it always Mikey? Even in the '80s story plan, was that always Mikey? Or yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. 
don't don't quote me on the on the 80s stuff um now that you said that for some reason i've got it in my head that it might not have been but i, I think it was it was definitely always mikey in, in the modern era i think it was mike back then too that's that's if i'm recalling correctly Cool. I mean, I'm talking to Tom and Kevin too, so it's no worries. It's it's you know. Yeah, they'll know yeah. better than me. Yeah. You're the first person I've spoken to who like I spoke to uh, uh, the Escorza brothers and Lewis today, but like you're the first person I've spoken to who has that behind the scenes. So I'm kind of like using you to get a little perspective. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't know if you want to speak to any of the uh, the deaths of the four turtles. If there's any that struck you particularly well or hard or anything like that, uh, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I I remember the the Raph one uh, felt a little maybe because he gets more of a one on one moment, mm-hmm. uh, and it was also the first one we saw, um, and, and so that I think that those were just those two things together, um, kind of made that stand out a little bit more. Um, and you know, I know how hard uh, Ben worked on those pages too. Oh, yeah. um, yeah, I, I feel like that that sequence we uh, sang pretty well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that the the other the other you know with with um with Don and, and Leo and Splinter, you know, since that was just more such a more of a of a big battle type thing, um, I, and they each had their own moments, but I don't I don't think those moments shined quite as much as when it was just Wrath, um, mm-hmm. which I think you know made a different. A different culminative effect. I think it would have got boring if it was like every issue a different turtle dies by themselves. So I, I, I like that happened the way it did, but uh but I think that rap sequence uh stands out to me a little bit more. Hmm. Um you know I was gonna go down this issue by issue and it, it's no big deal if there's anything to like skip, but I'm curious if there's anything you wanted to like speak to, like any major uh hurdles or anything for each issue. Um talking about number one first, is there anything you wanted to mention about putting that first book together? No, I'm not going to really have anything too interesting on the individual issues. The The entire, each issue was kind of the same. Um, you know, maybe uh, <laughs> two went a little faster than four, but they were all late. Um, and each each one would, ha- would come in its uh, fits and starts. Like we would get, it seemed like we'd really be hitting, like we'd get pages in regularly. Everyone's kind of hitting their, their weekly deadline. And then something would happen either in the world or someone would get sick and we'd be dis- derailed. And then it was a question of, okay, when are we going to back, get back to that regular track? Um, so even if it was just, it was, if things were always late, like then I feel like I'd get my handle, handle on that. But uh, it was never clear when things were going to be going smoothly and when things weren't going to be going smoothly. So that created a lot of me giving estimations of when things might be done to inside the company and those would end up being incorrect and uh so that's sort of just my dominant uh <laughs> memory of all five issues was just things are not where they should be in terms of the deadline and how are we going to get this back on track um and so there weren't really any 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 notable uh events that happened outside of that in my in my memory um i i i bet tom and kevin and the twins and and ben might have more interesting stories to to tell but mine was just kind of constantly keeping the rest of idw at bay as much as i could um that's fine um what did i want to ask you uh 
Oh, and you and Kevin were also still working on the regular monthly book at this time, right? Or yeah, um, you know, Kevin, I, I was really just uh, doing covers um, okay. during during uh, during this time period. Um, uh, I, I think occasionally Tom and Kevin would read an outline uh, from Sophie, but um, but I, I would say their involvement was was pretty minimal. Uh, they they were almost it's like 95, 98% focusing on Last Ronin gotcha. um, during those years. Uh, did you anything you want to say about the ending of the book? How it, the conclusion, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it was already, you're, you're aware of it before you, you left IDW. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was, it was, it was weird. Uh, you know, when we put the actual issue to print, uh, I had already left IDW that in, in a couple other books I, I carried on on a freelance contract uh, basis. So I was still working on them, but, it, it was weird just because I wasn't, I didn't have the same access to uh, the company or, or just even the server. Um, and I, I felt like I'd already sort of said goodbye to Turtles and goodbye to IDW. So it was weird uh, that it still kept on going for a couple of months after. Um, and so, yeah, that, that, that whole process kind of colors my opinion of it more than any particular uh, event that happens in the book. Sure. Um, I feel more so than almost any book I've, I've worked on. I can't really see Ronan for for the story because I was also so little involved in the story. Um, and so in a lot of ways, it, it, Last Ronin just kind of felt like a, a ship that I was in port that I watched go by, but really didn't help, uh, you know, load it or dock it or set its course a whole lot. Um, but I, I know I, I know everyone was 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 ready for it to be done uh, by the end. And uh, I hope that there is a feeling of accomplishment and conclusion uh, to everyone involved. Because uh, I, know, I know how much effort Tom and Kevin and the artists put into it. And I, I really hope that they could feel some sort of closure with it. I know they're gonna do more and there'll be more stuff going on in the last Ronin universe, I'm sure. Uh, but I hope they can take a little rest and, and enjoy it. Uh, oh, for the time being. yeah let's hope it can bask in a little bit because it was like you know it's you know it, yes there was delays but like it it does come together really nicely so um is there anything else you want to talk about uh hurdles along the way or any other stories about it because that, that was that was most of what i wanted to ask you thank you yeah um No, I, I don't think I really have anything. I'll, I'll give you a holler if anything comes to mind. But uh, it, it was just a really weird time. Uh, you know, if we had been, if IDW had still been in the office, uh, we some of the pre-planning meetings were, uh, but, you know, by the time we were really involved in Ronin heavily, uh, kind of the, the, the pandemic was happening. Uh, and I, I, I really miss, uh, I think that really, that was important for me. Just personally, at least those those meetings where Tom and Kevin and I were be able to talk and and just kind of figure out what we're doing. Um, and it just wasn't the same online mm -hmm. over email. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wish that you know, since it was my kind of last experience, I wish it could have been more uh, more like the good old days. Um, but the fact that there's nothing we could have done about that, and um, we did have those hurdles pop up uh the way they did i i think it, it is uh, a small miracle that it was accomplished and finished uh and, and in a satisfactory way so um 
that's 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 my main takeaway from it is uh it was a bit of a beast but i'm really happy that it's done and really happy for tom and kevin well cool well and thanks for you know talking about this uh my last question for you because i always ask this even though it's you know um uh and i think i've asked you this before because you did the podcast before who's your favorite turtle i don't remember i'm a leo guy gotcha (laughs) yeah yeah i think as a kid i was uh uh, just probably because he had two long swords. I was like, oh, that's the coolest weapon. He didn't <laughs> yeah. Stand for that. yeah. But I think as, as I, as I edited the series, uh, I, I sort of related to that, uh, that, that role of ultimately this is the guy responsible and he's going to try and make sure everyone else is safe, even if it kills them. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that appealed to me for some reason. Sure. Uh, honestly, I am all set, Bobby. Thank you so much for talking to me. I appreciate it. Cool. I hope it turns out well, and uh, thanks for taking the time and digging in. Thanks. Take care. Cool. Bye. Bye.